As the great philosopher Taylor Swift once said, the rumors are terrible and cruel, but honey, most of them are true. Daryl Sutter is supposedly sabotaging, quote-unquote, this team so he can return as general manager. Will ownership listen to the man and give in to what he wants, or are they going to stick with what they know since they know Daryl Sutter as general manager does not work? Your Locked On Flames, your daily podcast on the Calgary Flames. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, hello everyone and welcome to Locked On Flames. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online, where the game starts. And I'm your host, Jess Belmosto of... Locked on Flames and the PHF Players Association. And thank you so much for tuning into today's episode where we are going through some really awkward times here in the Sea of Red. And we're going to have to talk about some Daryl Sutter quotes. And we had plenty to say last night against the Colorado Avalanche and that god awful loss. And how are, or how will, ownership handled the rift between coach and general manager heading into you know Brad Tree Living's contract year and we have a lot to talk about today so let's not waste any more time you know make sure you hit subscribe wherever you're listening to so you never miss an episode of Locked on Flames um <laughs> last night he had a very in- interesting quote and he says, I think I've got a pretty good idea of where our team's at. We're in the middle of the pack and we're not in their class. It's a big difference. Yes, yes. Um, I think that, that was that's always been very obvious. But what is horrifying is that that Avs lineup last night didn't have Gabe Landeskog and did not have Kale McCarr. You lost four to one with a Kale McCarless. Colorado Avalanche, four to one. You know, you lost, you got one goal by uh, Alexander Gordiev, who ended up, who is essentially just a backup goalie in um, Colorado now, the same way, you know, even more so than he was when he was in New York. And it is so frustrating to watch this team go out there and fall flat on their face night after night. They're is no sense of urgency. They're all okay with playing that crappy, fine hockey coasting through the season because they know none of their jobs are at stake. Daryl Sutter has made it very clear that he's in no rush to put Jacob Pelletier in the lineup or Matthew Phillips. I found a quote from Sutter from earlier this week that I'm going to talk about a little bit later and just... What what a disaster, truly. Like, you wonder why they're in a different class. Number one, they were in a different class when you had two of the top best U.S.-born players in the league on your team. They were out of this world, and they, they're so much faster than the Flames. Most teams are. And you look at what Sutter did when he came in to this organization or returned to the organization back in 2021. And he had 
he had them back in shape. He had them doing bag skates. And I feel like we're back at that point where there is no urgency. There is no desire to win regular season games. There is no desire to make a, a true push for the playoffs because you know that your job is safe. It's like when you work, you know, a minimum wage job and you're just, it, you're putting yourself through college and you call out because, you know, you're hungover. Okay, these players are playing like they're hungover and like there's they know that it's fine because no one, Daryl Sutter is not going to say, okay, Huberto or okay, Lucic, you're out. Um, Trevor Lewis, you're out. Pelletier and uh, Walker Dewar, you're in. Or Matthew Phillips and whoever is in because there's none of that. There is no, there is an overwhelming sense of job security and Listen, I'm all for job security, but right now we're talking about winning and this is different than the regular workplace. But it, it is so frustrating. And the, there is a quote in this article from the hockey writers. I want to make sure it is written by Colton, Colton Pan, Panku, Panku? Uh, and he says, uh, there are many reasons the Flames are struggling. One is that Jonathan Huberdeau, who has just eight goals and 31 points through 41 games, hasn't fit in the way many hoped he would. And I'm going to stop him right there. I'm just I'm just going to stop him. This is not, not a reflection of his writing because it's true. It is very true. But you know why he hasn't fit in? Because Daryl Sutter has put dead weight on the other wing. You cannot have a successful, cohesive line. Daryl Sutter should know that Nazem Kadri and Jonathan Huberto cannot carry a player up to their standard by playing them together. That's not how this works. You can kind of like elevate a player and be like, okay, like there's pressure to play as a second line winger, but not when this dude is like 34 years old, has won a Stanley Cup. He doesn't care. He is there. He's been doing cardio minutes all season long. There was no need for it, okay? And yeah, you wonder why Huberto only has eight goals. Number one, he's always been an assist guy. Number two, he just, he's coming off the biggest year of his career and we just the expectations are high. Flames have high Flames fans have high expectations, but he's also not being set up for success. He's not. His coach is sabotaging that line. I'm not saying you have to go out there and you know scratch Luch and put um Pelletier on that line. You could make something else work. Shuffle things up. You put the lines in the blender last night. Do it again. Ask the Magic 8-Ball. Call Jeff Ward because y'all have very similar styles of playing or coaching, rather, and figure it out. And the next <laughs> sentence goes on to say, the same can be said for Mackenzie Weger, who, despite some solid defensive play, hasn't been able to ramp things up offensively. I agree. I did kind of expect more out of uh, Weger so far this season, but I think that he's been excellent defensively. And if Rasmus Anderson is now the you know, leader for offensive defensemen. And I'm sure that takes some pressure off of Uyghur as well. But again, this goes back to your coach not making 
adjustments. And, and he is clearly okay with coasting through and losing night after night because, you know, it's one game at a time. But at the same time, you look at these and that game last night should have been winnable. You know, you don't have to go out there and score four goals, but just do something. Tyler Toffoli has been phenomenal this season, and you're telling me that he's the only one that could score on Gorgiev last, last night? You, he's the only one? And it wasn't until, like, the last five minutes of the first or of the third period when you had to score four goals to win? You couldn't do that? But enough is enough with that because I could I could go on for another 20 minutes and we are going to talk more about Daryl Sutter and his shortcomings uh, coming up next. But before we do that, I do want to talk about our friends at Bet Online. This episode is brought to you by Bet Online, and you already know that they have you covered when it comes to sports betting, info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there from pro football to college bowl season to basketball and more. They have it all at betonline.net. If you love sports podcasts, take a break from the Lockdown Network and head on over to BetOnline and find some more podcasts that you love. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. I appreciate you tuning in to Lockdown Flames. And I greatly appreciate uh, the love and support on Twitter as well. You can follow me at Jess Belmosto. There, there, I knew that there were quotes um, going around about Sutter's, from Sutter's post-game press conference. But I did some digging and I found other quotes um, regarding Jacob Pelletier. And I wanted to dissect them and really read into this because there's, you know, I have three solid paragraphs here about Daryl Sutter's comments, and I just, I, I can't, I can't do it. <laughs> this is so frustrating, and I cannot even imagine being a player playing under him or being his boss and trying to get through to him. I like Jacob. I think that's a box, right? That's Amange, Dylan, that sort of box, right? So that's what it is. I like him. You know what? It's on record. I've said it. He's he said it too. He didn't have a good a very good training camp. We played him in a couple of games, and that's why he he deserved. And that's what he deserved. Or one game, I think. He didn't have a very good training camp. So then he went down and he didn't have a very good start. I went too. I watched and I pull for those young fellas. Time out. Okay. Number one. Number one. Number one. Most people don't have a good training camp. Most people, it is like when you get back on the bike for the first time in a long time because you are, you know, shaking that dust off. You know, your summers are not as busy and booked as your regular season. So if someone comes in and has like a sluggish start to their training camp, which most players do, it's not the end of the world. And that doesn't mean, you know, six months later or four or five months later, they can't be looked at and reevaluated again. Because if I remember correctly, some of these players came into training camp and looked awful, especially in some of the preseason games. And I'm specifically remembering one where the Flames took six penalties 
okay? It was bad. It was bad. And you know what? The they were the Stockton Heat at the time, but they were they were playing. They had a very deep run into the AHL postseason and ended up losing in the Western Conference Finals to the Chicago Wolves, who won it all. So that is a very long postseason for them on top of a long season. And these kids are still young. Like, they are developing. I, I just, I don't get it. I don't understand why you can't look back at what he has done in the AHL this season and say, hey, like, let's reevaluate this situation. Maybe I'm getting too ahead of myself here. But then his game picked up and took off, and he was a really important player there, and it's part of the development. You bring them up, just like I tell them, tell these guys. You bring them up on trips, and then they have to watch how, how, watch how guys, before you can play in the NHL, or before you can be successful in the NHL, you have to be around those guys and see what it's like. See, see pick someone out. Prepare like him. Work like him in practice. And don't think you're him. I'll tell you who I think you're like and we go from there okay that's really cool that like you want players to like have mentors but why don't you watch how they play in the AHL and have your you know your scouts tell you and why don't you like pair them up with a mentor or something the thing with pelts this is what gets me this is what stopped me dead in my tracks and I had to like I stopped reading I stopped walking the thing with pelts is always going to be his size. It's on record. It is on record. So as he gets a little stronger and gets a little more weight, then he's going to have a better opportunity. That's what happens. And he can still do that. He's only 21. Do comparisons to other players in our organization. They may be maxed out there. This boy is not. He's got energy for it and a passion and a work ethic for it. And he's a good kid. I don't care what you say. Connor Bedard is like a 5'9". Johnny Gaudreau, 5'9". Brad Marchand is not six feet tall. He is absolutely like 5'10", 5'11". Okay? And those are just a few players that come to my mind. Tori Krug, although he's not forward. But you know what I mean? Like, you do not have to be a certain size to see success. Yes. Should a player put on weight? Absolutely. But you know what? You, you beef up. Jack Stadnika beefed up and he still wasn't getting solid playing time in the NHL with the Bruins. And then he ended up getting traded. And that's fine because he wasn't going to fit into the Bruins system. But do you really want to push this kid into like a permanent development stage? Because you're not giving him an opportunity to grow here. You call him up. Yeah, okay, cool. He's scoping out the scenes. I'm sure he could do that by going to Flames games on nights where the Wranglers are off. I'm sure. And I'm sure that there are things that get talked about during, you know, meetings and things like that, like with the AHL coaches and throughout the organization. And that has to be so discouraging. And I don't understand. Do you want this child? He's not a child. He's 21. Do you want this, this man to go get like leg lengthening surgery? Do you want him to like stress himself out to the point where he is overworking himself, trying to bulk up and perform at a level and you're not even reevaluating him? You're not, you're literally, you have not looked at his any, how he plays in the NHL since training camp. You are just looking 
at his size. And then he makes a comment about how, responding to another question on the topic, Sutter spoke about Pelt's enthusiasm, noted the Flames are within the Western Conference playoff race. At the end of the day, I want him to get in. But we aren't, but we're not 10 up and we're not 10 out. So that's the way it works. No, it doesn't. And also, this was an article uh, from Flames Nation by Ryan Pike. No. I'm sorry. At this point, you need something to light a fire under your offense. And that second line is a perfect place to do it because the expectation is for Huberto and Kadri to be about point-of-night players, a little bit more than a point-of-night players, and they cannot do that in the current situation that they are in. They are not set up for success, and please enlighten me. Just try to put him in the lineup. Why not try it against Columbus? You have nothing to lose except a bruised ego. That's it. And coming up next, we are going to talk more about Daryl Sutter and his uh, pursuit to be general manager and how there is a rift between coaching and management here on Lockdown Flames. But before we dive into that, I need to recharge with some Built Bar. And if you're looking for a delicious treat but don't want to overdo your calories, then you gotta try a Built Bar. Want What makes Built Bar so good? Well, for starters, they're covered in 100% real chocolate and they taste like candy bars. They come in fantastic flavors like churro, peanut butter, brownie, coconut almond, and so many more. And now you don't need to wait around to get a box. For years, we've been talking and ordering Built Bars at Built.com, which you can still do, by the way. Now you can get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club. Head on down today to get your Built Bars. Thank you all for hanging out with me here today at Lockdown Flames. Where <laughs> We are in the thick of it right now. I hope that like, you're listening to this while like you're on the treadmill or lifting weights and you're just getting pumped with me. Like, I, oh my gosh, that is when I listen to um, Big Mad True Crime is when I am lifting weights because I'm just like, yeah, let's go. Like, or when I'm on, like when I have to force myself to do cardio that day because we need something to get me through it. And I hope that this podcast is that for you today. Alrighty. So I was at work today and saw a tweet from Justin from Sea of Red Central. And he tweeted that Frank Saravalli is also sensing a rift between coach and GM in Calgary. Says his read on Daryl uh, based on interviews is he does is what he what he does is ultimately want what he wants is to ultimately be GM. I don't know why I stumbled over that so horribly, but I I wish I had the guts, <laughs> the guts to um just walk into my workplace and say, I'm going to run this place. Yes, you have a very impressive resume, but you are also sabotaging this team and you did not draft well and did not have a good experience, a good tenure as the Flames general manager in the early to mid 2000s. So I think we need to avoid that situation at all costs. I understand that I am not running this team, but ownership 
you know, they have a very different perception. And we talked about that earlier this week. It was uh, Tuesday's episode with Nick Zararis, who will be joining us two times a week once the New York Giants are eliminated. So uh, we'll have more in-depth discussions regarding things like this, of course. But ownership would walk across hot coals lava for Daryl Sutter. They have made that so clear. And that's why they're doing what they're doing. That's why they're giving him a million chances. If another coach pulled this, they would have been fired. And Matthew Phillips and or Pelletier would be in the lineup. I'm telling you right now. It would absolutely be a different team. But I digress. Uh, this, you know, there is a clear rift between Sutter and Tree Living. Tree Living, like, basically admitted it a few weeks ago when he was talking to the media. And he was like, yeah, like, I, I want the younger guys to play. It's only fair. And, you know, ownership really isn't losing anything by promoting Sutter. Especially because, you know, it is Tree Living's contract year. I really, <laughs> you know, it's not like they're firing tree living and saying, okay, Sutter, here you go. Here's your promotion. And, you know, they're just, they're not, re- they wouldn't be renewing a contract and then they would just have to bring in another coach and it would be, you know, Ryan Huska or uh, someone within the organization, or it would be Brandon Sutter retiring from the NHL and coming on as a nepotism baby and coaching at the NHL level with no prior coaching experience. So, you know, you have to think that the, the wheels are turning in everyone's mind, and they have been for a while. I thought that Brad Tree Living's job was secure. I, I really would have thought that Sutter, at his old age, would have been like, okay, like, I'm fine coaching. Like, you know, this is what I want to do. And people kind of joked about Sutter becoming general manager when he was rehired as a coach. And everyone was like, no, like, there's no way that happens. And now it's kind of, you know, a a real potential, a real reality here for us. And I just, I have to wonder, is Daryl Sutter going to force ownership's hand and say, I'm going to sabotage this team and do directly the opposite of what Bradtree Living wants? And I'll coach. I'll coach my way. I'll coach the exact opposite of what he wants because you won't give me his job. And I'm sorry, but I I didn't really know much about Daryl Sutter's tenure in Calgary as a general manager, but he, he ended up hiring two of his brothers, okay? Two of his brothers. So please tell me that Brandon being hired as a coach is out of the picture because it's not. I'm sorry, but there he, he left Ontario to be in Calgary to be with his dad. He's played like a thousand AHL games. He is a very, not a spring chicken anymore, you know? So I really think that that is a possible hire. And, you know, if he, he has no problem hiring family, he has no problem with that. And I am, I was reading the article that came out on NHL.com when Sutter quit. And I, I'm just going to read a quick blurb here. Most of Sutter's first round draft picks, however, did not pan out. His multiplayer trades this year, early this year, have not had much impact. 
Sutter was unable to land a top center to compliment compliment captain and right wing Jerome Aginla. Do do we want this? Is this something we want? If I'm Brad Tree Living, I'm making a PowerPoint. I'm sitting and I'm securing my job. I'm securing my job. And I'm going to remind ownership who runs this house. Who put in the work this summer? Because it certainly will not be overlooked when those contract, if and when those contract negotiations begin. I'm just saying, Daryl Sutter has nothing. Brad Tree Living's tenure. Brad Tree Living has been a fantastic general manager. Like, there hasn't been a move that I've seen from him anyways where I'm like, you know, like, Brad Tree Living's a really good general manager, but... And you can't count this summer. You cannot count this summer because that was not up to him. So, uh, he he works hard. He does what he needs to do. But at the end of the day, Daryl Sutter gets what Daryl Sutter wants. So, we will have to see how that's going to go. And uh, I look forward to talking more in depth about this with you. So thank you all for tuning into Locked On Flames. As always, you can find the show wherever you get your podcasts. And of course, on YouTube at Locked On Flames. And uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Just Belmosto. And uh, the podcast is at LO underscore Flames Pod. Until tomorrow, where we go over our winners and losers of the week and uh, previewing the game against Tampa Bay, which maybe we just pretend doesn't happen.